0: Spoilers ahead, spoilers ahead, you have been warned.
1: Dudes, dudettes, like, totally welcome to another episode of, um, that show, with those two dudes! That 70s show? I'm one dude, and like,
0: that's another dude. I'm another dude! Dude! So that's... That makes two dudes, dude, and we dude. and we talk about uh,
1: stuff like yeah, you know, most righteous stuff, movies and stuff. This yeah. week we're like taking on another flick in that um, that series thing we do called. Uh. Dude, I've been totally meaning to see that. <laughs> Can you guess what movie we're doing this week, dude? Uh, the old TV ad for Freedom Rock? No, dude, totally. It's Fast Times. What kind of... What? We are going to have some Fast Times. Uh, Excellent.
0: You mean uh, any
1: particular place we're having them? Dude. Right, before Max kills me, let me get something off my chest. You can find us on the podcast app of your choice, as long as it's either the Apple or Google one. Social media, we've got you covered on the Book of Faces and the Twit, where we are both Max Mike Movies. Got comments or want to go back through our sumptuous back catalog of exciting episodes? There's a website with all of your comment and back catalog needs. That's MaxMikeMovies.com. But first, an apology. Wait, is it my turn or your turn? Uh... I apologized last week. Hmm. What did I do this week? I mean, besides that opening. Well, well, you exist, but... uh... Uh, Wow, wow. Big slap to start the show going. Right. Thank you. Um... Silence. Boom. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I can't remember. And, well, even if we didn't, I'm sure we will. And now, this episode. The show. So we are continuing our series of I've been totally meaning to see that. Indeed, dude. This week's film, if you hadn't guessed, (laughs) is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which for some reason I have not seen, or had not seen. Hmm. Had had you seen it? I had indeed. I think I saw it in the theater when it came out. Ah, this will be a very interesting conversation. Or Mm -hmm. will it? Stay tuned.
0: (laughs) We sort of have a connection between this one and last week's movie in that the writer of this one was the director of last week's uh, almost famous Cameron Crowe. Don't
1: step on my trivia. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Speaking of which, mm. trivia. So, the budget on this film, four million bucks. The oh, take, good lord, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven dollars? My
0: God, <laughs> what did five people see this?
1: Twenty-seven million dollars. So this would be considered That's more. That yes. <laughs> max in his extreme grasp of mathematics has math is hard at the beach um <laughs> yes this film did very well interestingly universal mm-hmm. who was going to put it out when they previewed it for their big wigs the bigwigs were very disinterested in the film and they're like you know let's just put it out a little bit on the west coast and then make it go away well you know hey tv seems to like movies we'll, we'll give it to them um, yeah. it, it was such a success in its opening weekend. They're like, oh, dear, uh, open this everywhere. And it got huge. So yep. um, oh yeah, now this, yep. the director, Amy Heckerling, specifically wanted to make a less structured movie, which is readily apparent if you have seen the film or even if you haven't. Hmm. Um, interestingly, I thought this was actually kind of cool. There was meant to be a full frontal male nude scene uh, with between Stacy and Mike. And it was filmed. And it was filmed, yeah, when they were going to have sex. Mm -hmm. But it would have earned the movie an X rating, so they're like, yeah, we can't do that.
0: Right, because you can do full frontal female nudity and get an R, but if you do full frontal male nudity, that's an X. Well, of course.
1: Uh Oh, yeah. Well, you know why. Nobody wants to see male junk? Well, straight dudes don't. Yeah. Yeah, I you, you should have heard the groans when I went to see the Watchmen. And they're like, ah, blue junk. Ah, uh, it's even wiggling. Ah, I can't deal with it. Um, Yeah, but as Max pointed out, yeah, you can have plenty of uh, thousands of naked women and you can't have one naked guy because even butts mm-hmm. are, like, hard to get in there because, you know, dude, I want to see no dude's butt or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, That's apparently sad. she wanted to do that because she thought it would really help emphasize – the awkwardness of the two teens that really weren't ready for sex. Um, so yeah, I'm so I was actually surprised they filmed it. It does apparently exist somewhere on a, on a stag reel somewhere. Who knows? But Sean Penn, ever the method actor, not only stating character at all times, he had the name on his dressing trailer changed to Spicoli, and would oh, not in fact he, he would not in fact answer to his real name. Really? Um, he also. Whenever they have van scenes And the kids are getting out of the van And there's this giant cloud of smoke Yeah, that's actually really about smoke (laughs) Yeah Oh yeah, Um, getting into character, Sean That's what you were doing Dude, you know, I totally had to get into character For this week's episode, dude And it was quite a trying time (laughs) Yeah, but getting into character
0: For you is just doing that silly California accent Dude,
1: this Tiger Johnny Coming at you over the radio waves (laughs) Surf's up, Hang ten. Um as, as Max stomped on before I got a chance to say anything, this is based on a novel by Cameron Crowe. Uh, he also adapted his own screenplay. Uh, it's about Crowe's experiences going undercover as a student at Claremont High School in California. The characters and events were based on his experiences there, though he tried very hard to disguise the real people. In particular, the character of Mark Ratner... His exploits were not only downplayed, but the, his real exploits were given to other people, like Spicoli. So the pizza scene, that was not the stoner character, uh-huh. the stoner, real stoner guy. It was actually this guy, Mark Ratner. Um, huh. Ratner actually was so upset about being portrayed as a nerd and not doing the cool stuff that he uh, sort of initialized a, uh, a lawsuit, which he then took away. Um, mm-hmm. He would later go on to be famous in his own right as the starter of the Dummies books. You're kidding. He is the writer of the PCs Mark, Mark, for Dummies. Oh, my God. You mean that whole series? Yep. So,
0: Jeez. basically... I wonder he never had to act again. He
1: no, just... no, no. Not The actor, the real guy it's based on.
0: Oh, oh, the Oh, yeah. oh all right. So, oh, basically, boy. he
1: made enough money that he didn't need to sue anybody for anything.
0: Yeah, I guess not.
1: Um, this I did not know. There was a TV spinoff series called Fast Times. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing... I think I remember seeing a promo for it, but I don't ever remember seeing the show. Catch it! <laughs> uh it lasted seven episodes the only actor i'm surprised it lasted that long yeah well you you look at this and it's like well how much can we scrub off and still yeah. have it vaguely resemble yeah probably saved by the bell right um <laughs> oh the, yeah the only two actors that reprised the roles were vincent chiavelli and ray walston
0: oh
1: mr hound mr hound uh and that's you know there was lots of other little bits mm. you know stuff about uh actually uh, one of the um other people of note in this film and honestly if you blink you will miss him is this is the first film role of a certain nicholas coppola (laughs) right only time i remember about this that's the only time he used that name yeah and apparently his exploits on set were um shall we say obnoxious yeah. Because he would yeah. go around saying, you guys aren't going to be famous. I'm going to be famous. You know who my uncle is? My uncle is Francis Ford Coppola, and I'm going to totally be famous. <laughs> and he also lied about his age because he wanted a bigger role. Mm-hmm. And they had to shoot the film between 9 p.m. when the mall closed and 9 a.m. in the morning when the mall opened. And so the kids who were underage, which in this case was basically him, they basically couldn't shoot but for a few minutes. So you know the kids who are buying tickets from yeah. – uh, from uh, what's his, from, uh, Mark's character? From Damone, yeah. Yeah, those kids literally had like 20 minutes a day to film their <laughs> shots because they were too young, they were underage. And uh, Mr. Coppola was one of those people. And apparently uh, he kept bringing up his famous uncle so much that people just started making fun of him because they couldn't stand it. That's right. I heard they were like doing doing Robert Duvall impressions from Apocalypse Now at him.
0: Yeah. And eventually it shut him up.
1: Yeah. Um he also apparently would do like he wanted I think he actually wanted um Damone's part. Um it might have yeah. he might have been Mike's part, I can't remember. But uh his improvs were apparently so off the wall and strange that they were just like, uh, no. Which Oddly
0: enough he he went on the reason he changed his name is he didn't want to trade on his uncle's uh
1: Well, uh,
0: on Coppola's name, he
1: found out what happened when he tried, and people just made fun of him. And you know, (laughs) the weirdest part is you're looking at him. If you see him, he's really in the background. He does face Mm. the screen a few times, but it's like it's gone. And I don't think he has any lines. No, he has no. He's actually listed as Brad's bud. (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep. That's so he plays second to judge Reinhold. Um Ouch. yeah, and the, the the thing that weirds me out is a he does not look 17. He really doesn't. And no. he's got all this hair which he never will again. So mm. But that's really like there was lots of other little bits of trivia that were, you know, okay, that's interesting. Oh, it was really shot at this high school. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um that I didn't that bother. eyes nice. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Go Wolves. That's actually their yeah. real mascot. Uh, mm-hmm. any did you do you know anything about the background of this film?
0: Um Uh no. oh the one one thing is I I really like the actor Ray, Ray Walston. Ever oh. since my favorite Martian Yeah, he plays Mr. Hand, I think he's adorable and apparent sorry. No, go ahead. Apparently uh he was so he, he got so typecast yes. as Uncle Martin. Yeah. He had real trouble getting other jobs. And uh he was so people people still, or up until his death, would yell across the street at him, Aloha, Mr. Hand! Yes, which he actually liked.
1: (laughs) He was so happy, because they forgot about Uncle Martin. Yeah, and the sad thing is is that Ray Walston has done many parts. He was actually a well-known Broadway actor. I yes, believe. he was a
0: song and dance man. Didn't he
1: originate the role of the devil in Damn Yankees? I think He did. He yeah. did it on Broadway and in the movie. And he was in South Pacific. Uh, yep. He's just one of those actors where he shows up and you just like him. Hey, it's Ray Ray Walston. Yay, Ray Walston. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know that about him either. Too. I did see that in the trivia, and I felt bad
0: it, for, for Ray. It's just so strange to see some of the people in here. I mean the the football jock who has i think three lines
1: that's Forrest whitaker yeah what a waste Holy too. crap well he's like well, i think he's like 12 although he's yeah boy, he's, he's already about nine feet tall yeah yeah sadly i think his trans am has more lines than he does
0: yeah I, I think so i think the trans am is on screen more other than he is
1: yeah and to be fair that's that is definitely one of the, the big points of this film is that there tons of people in this film that at the time were nobody and yeah. went on to do amazing things. And I have to say, I agree. My
0: father said this to me t- like 20 years ago and he's right. I think this is Sean Penn's greatest role. To be fair, I haven't seen him in that much. Oh, um, I've, I saw him as Harvey Milk. He was good in that. I saw him when he won his Oscar in Dead Man Walking.
1: But he, he is just utterly believable as Spicoli. Yeah, and you know he is, <laughs> Max and I have the same feelings about uh, Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted. Mm. Uh, honestly I he. I, mm. <laughs> and again we've talked about this he's apparently a really nice guy, don't take yeah. it the wrong way, doesn't have much of a range as an actor, but Ted he nailed he absolutely mm. nailed Ted Theodore Logan. That is um, I think his greatest part. I He did such a good job, he made the character
0: yeah. You know, dumb but still likable. Yeah, yeah, I think it was terrific.
1: Any other trivia you know about?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Uh, oh, except there was one scene, I had to look this up. When In Mr. Han's class, when he hands out the schedule,
1: all the kids grab it and yep. smell it. And I think they got this wrong, because I saw this too, because huh? they started talking about this weird process, blah, blah, blah. I honestly think they're just mimeos. Because do but you remember, this... mimeos had the same effect, and they were much more commonplace during the time. True. So, you so, basically could get high off smelling the copier fluid. Yeah. So uh, folks out heavy, there. Heavily alcohol-based. Mimeographs, right. Well, uh, They were also sometimes <laughs> called dittos. Um, yeah. a mimeograph was this really... They were always purple. I could never figure out why yeah. they were always purple, but I they were purple. Know. We didn't have Xerox machines back in our day. Um, yeah. Of course, these days, everything's just a PDF. You know. mm. But uh, a mimeograph was this sheet of, you know, whatever, a test or whatever. And it was made through this process that this, I don't even know if it was ink, a transfer fluid, whatever it was, it yeah. left this lasting smell. And if you've ever smelled Mimeo fluid, you it's like a trigger. <laughs> yeah, you but,
0: never forget it. Even if you don't think you remember it, if you smell it, you're suddenly back in
1: high school or grade, grade school or someplace, because every we, we all got it. But if it was fresh off the press you mm-hmm. might be able to inhale some of that stuff and get just a tiny little two-second buzz. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the whole sniffing of the Mimeo thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that I'm sure, like, if people are watching it today, they're like, why are they sniffing the paper? Do they like the smell of Mr. Hand's um, hand? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's what it is. Yeah. So, the plot. Yeah. yeah. So, there's this senior year of high school in California somewhere, and the kids have jobs and classes, and they want to have sex. Hilarity, hijinks, and hoopla ensues. The end.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the plot. It's, uh, I mean, I, I guess you could argue that Mark, that uh, Mike and Stacy are sort of the central characters.
1: Uh, and that's the thing. It's an, it's an argument, because yeah, because how it, it's, because you start off with Brad. Yeah, and you, it moves from characters to characters, and I mean,
0: it's about Mike and Stacy. It's about St- uh, Stacy and her best friend Linda. Uh, It's
1: about, you know, Brad. I I actually had to uh, leave the... uh, Well, I wanted to leave the plot open... Um, because there were parts of it because it's just jointed on purpose it was a little hard to remember the plot mm-hmm. so I was yeah. like oh I'll go to IMDB this is IMDB's entire plot I am quoting I'm telling you it's from IMDB so it's not illegal the entire listing of the plot yeah. I- IMDB for this film is a group of Southern California high school students are enjoying their most important subjects sex, drugs, and rock and roll that's, yeah, that's it pretty
0: mu- <laughs> well that's pretty much it yeah
1: down So, the, tell me about the soundtrack, Max.
0: It is very '80s, and it's very mall culture. Oh yeah, it isn't. It's true. It is not as we've had other movies with much more iconic '80s music. Right. This is all the bubblegum pop stuff. Yeah. This is the 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 opening song is by the Go Go's. You got Tom Petty's "American Girl," "Life in the Fast Lane." Which is done by, like, a high school prom
1: band. Yeah, well.
0: Poco, the cars, oingo friggin' boingo.
1: Yeah, there's apparently a, a little bit of nepotism going on. So if I remember correctly, mm. the band is Amy Heckerling's boyfriend's band. Oh, okay. And Judge Reinhold was their neighbor. <laughs> which explains oh, a dear. lot because, okay, I'm going to get go right here right now. Because um, it's one of my notes. Judge Reinhold, 35-year-old high school senior. Well, he was, he was twenty-five when he made the movie, and I, I thought he was somebody's dad when they yeah. The film. Judge he's Reinhold, like, I feel kind of
0: bad. Judge Reinhold looked middle-aged by the time he was twenty.
1: Yeah, and I like Judge Reinhold. He's funny. Yeah, he's a, he. I mean, I don't think he could play like a serious, heavy or a serious romantic lead. But in the comedy roles I've seen him in, uh, uh, *Ruthless People* is a perfect example. He does a great job. But here, it's just like, why is Dad in high school with me? Because yeah. yeah, I think most of the other actors were literally nineteen or twenty. Mm-hmm. Even the ones who lied and say they're nineteen and they're, they say they're, they're really fifteen. Jennifer Jason Lee, I think she was actually yeah, she, nineteen. She was,
0: she was indeed nineteen.
1: Um, but there's, of course, Judd Reitold is also a head taller than everybody in
0: the movie. Yeah. except except Forrest Whitaker, <laughs> right?
1: Which they, they I don't basically, think
0: they're, they're, I don't think there are any scenes together.
1: No, no. Um, so, yeah. And we start off the film more or less. There's this, this creepy guy scene. It takes place. So Jennifer Jason Leigh, she plays oh, Stacy. God. She works in this. this. Um, and if the, the weird thing for me is that the the food franchises they used in these were actually real food franchises. So they didn't, except for the, the, the fish one. But mm-hmm. American Burger is a thing. I'd never heard of them. And the pizza place, which I can't remember its name, was a real pizza place. They um, yeah, had the Mighty Mart is where... Uh,
0: uh, Judge Reinhold ends up working. That's a real play or was a real place. Oh, really? That one I didn't know.
1: Yep. But so, so she they, they see this this cute guy come in who I thought looked a lot like Rick Springfield, but whatever, and not in a good way. Yeah. Um, and oh yeah, and Stacy really wants to lose her virginity, right? Because of course that's the theme of these films. Uh, yeah. That's you know that that's very very important. And quite honestly, um, high school was long enough ago that I don't remember if that was actually a thing or not. It probably mm. was. Um, mm. Yeah. But actually it's Linda her friend who first notices him but then Stacy it's her table and some other one of the other waitresses wants to go and, and you know check on him and there and she fends that person off and said no no that's Stacy's table she wants her to have a chance And Stacy goes over and Stacy's supposed to be 15 okay Um yep. And this guy's twenty six, and it's like it starts yeah. off, and he's like, "Well, what can I get you? Oh, uh, you know, like a meatball sandwich." I was like, "Could <laughs> you think of a more bland way of saying that?" And yeah. your number, and it's like a oh. hamburger sandwich and a French fried potato <laughs> garnish. Yeah, but it's like, oh, we're gonna start creepy. We're gonna just yes, start creepy. and
0: it is creepy. They go out on a date, and he takes her in the essence of class to a baseball dugout.
1: Yeah, called the point for where they have where they proceed to have sex. Well, that comes and later, but that's... Not much. No. Um, she it, actually... It's, like her losing the virginity, that's usually the theme of these movies. Like, how will it happen? Will they ever do it? In this case, it's like, nope, we're done.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of a throwaway. And it's also just... I found the scene really uncomfortable because she's 15, he's 26. This guy is committing statutory rape.
1: Yep. And he of course... He doesn't know it. And this is one of those cases, and this is interesting because it is a female director, but this is one of those cases where it's kind of implied that it's statutory rape because it's her fault. She lies about it. And that makes it extra creepy. And Mm. to be fair, the character does, and I'm not saying this never happens, but we don't need this to be considered the norm because I'm sure it's not. And we need to really, uh, this could be a whole mm-hmm. show on its own. Really what needs to happen is there needs to be education in schools starting in, say, oh, I don't know, kindergarten, that teaches <laughs> men or boys they don't treat people like this. This is not yeah. how you look it, at women.
0: The and, exam- the best example of that is is Mark Damone. Right. He is the essence of 80s toxic masculinity, but we'll get to that. The other thing yeah. that I thought was interesting about that scene is in most of these 80s you know, teen comedies, when, when someone has sex, it's, like, mind-blowing. It's life-altering. And it's the climax, pardon the expression, of the movie. <laughs> I see what you part. did there. <laughs> and Stacy, afterwards, yeah. <laughs> afterwards, she just likes talking about it hurt. Yeah. Well, also, isn't there, there one point like where Linda... It, it wasn't Linda, a big
1: deal. Isn't there one point where Linda asks her, just like, did did, did you climax? And she says, I think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she you know, It's like, yeah, you know if you did.
1: Well, I, I, I would, Well, guys, it's like. Well, we don't. We don't need to get into this. That's a different no. class. You can no, ask. No, we his,
0: really don't. I, I, you may want people to. Ha- you may want kids <laughs> to have these classes. We are not going to teach them.
1: Ask Mister Hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So for a stereo salesman, I guess this guy is top of the heap. Um, mm. I actually, the one thing I did like about the after effects of that scene is that mr suave she is able to decide he's really not that interesting yeah so i mean that's like the one positive takeaway from that scene is like it she doesn't become instantly bowled over by the first guy that she has intercourse with um and also and this is jumping to the
0: end of the movie but she says at the end you know i don't want to have i don't want to just have sex anybody can have sex i want a relationship right and then Linda has one of the best lines in the movie. You want a relationship in Richmond? We can't even get cable TV here. <laughs> That is one of my favorite lines.
1: Yeah, and so bringing up Linda, Linda's her best friend. Linda's, I think Linda actually mm. says she's eighteen at some point or nineteen. Yes. I can't remember which one of the two. Phoebe Phoebe Cates
0: was eighteen. She was the second youngest person in the movie.
1: Yeah, Phoebe Cates, who went on to be an eighty uh, sweetheart. Yeah, lots oh, of our Phoebe friends Cates. had a big thing for Phoebe Cates. Max apparently is one of them.
0: No, I, I thought she. I really did think she was pretty, but uh, I mean, there's that the the dream sequence that Judge Reinhold has where. He's um, enjoying himself, fantasizing <laughs> about her taking off her bikini top, which yeah. she does in the movie. Yeah, that is—I mean, that was a major. That got a lot of kids through puberty. Let's just say in the early '80s. Yeah,
1: boy, this is going to be an uncomfortable show. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, so Linda apparently is engaged to a guy who lives in Chicago, and yeah. it's a, a long—it's it's a very, very subplot. But it is a long-going subplot that does culminate with. Apparent, apparent breakup now so what's yeah. your take on my take on this max is that there never was any guy or if there was they never actually had a relationship i think there was
0: no guy i think richard is the equivalent of the the
1: girlfriend who lives in canada for guys he's george glass right okay that, george, <laughs> sorry george that's glass. a really that was um jan's make-believe boyfriend oh from oh <laughs> Because the Brady Bunch plots are all indelibly (laughs) printed on the inside of my eyelids, and I know all of them by heart. Yeah, Uh, he's in therapy for this. It's not helping. Um, Thank you, Sherwood Schwartz. Yeah, 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 that's my feeling. Oddly
0: enough, I think that Linda is a virgin. That was always the feeling I got, that she was even less experienced than Stacy, but she puts on an act. Right. Part of this is sort of um, reinforced when she walks in on Judge Reinhold. Right. Uh, and she just looks not just on, not just like grossed out, but horrified. Like this is something like she's never seen that particular equipment. Well, oh, she that was hasn't. another piece of that was another piece of. Yeah, trivia. yeah. Judge Reinhold <laughs> apparently snuck a rather sizable dildo. Stand in,
1: stand in. The <laughs> word is stand in.
0: That you don't have to bleep that. That's not. It's not one of the dirt. It's not a dirty word. Dildo. We're going to make the
1: guys all upset. <laughs>
0: And he he was you you know, holding that, and so her look of shock is real. She yes. didn't know he was going to do that.
1: No, and apparently but, it was quite the um, quite the 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 members only, if you will. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was a, it was a significant item. Yeah. So yeah, I I got the feeling that Stacy that uh, Linda w- was just put was just talking a big game. Yeah. Also, because when she starts taking that quiz about from in, I guess Cosmo or something about rate your
1: mate. Right. And you can tell she's just pulling stuff out of the air. Well, I think she's also trying to get, I don't want to say her jollies because that's that's too strong, but I think she's trying to get a little thrill by hearing what Stacy says. Yeah. Right? She's trying to like, w- what other people think. She's trying, I think she's trying to gather information before she actually does it. And you know mm. what? Good for her. <laughs> mm. um, so, backpedaling a little bit, one of the things the film opens with, which just surprised me, because it's 1982, Mm -hmm. is Spicoli and his gang, who are fresh off solving a mystery, I guess, (laughs) or causing one, more likely. Yeah, stumbling out of the smoke-filled van, yes. They all leap into American Burger and promptly take their shirts off for no apparent reason.
0: They just do.
1: And then Judge Reinhold has to come around and say, guys, you had shirts when you came in here. And they all look around like, what, we do? And... (laughs) You know, they're these three-toned high school guys, and it's fine. It's just, why is this here? And I couldn't help but wonder if it wasn't the director going, hey, I want to see something, too, because this (laughs) is not the last time this happens. Um, It not only has... Basically, (laughs) whenever Bruce shows up anywhere, his shirt doesn't last very long, if he has one at all. Well, he's Um, a
0: surfer dude. The whole idea is the surfer dudes like the feel of the air and the sun on
1: their skin. Clothes are totally gnarly, dude. Don't like them yeah heinous uh it, it was just weird i just this this okay why and, and and when they do this in american burger it's like they've obviously done this before so why they're gonna get kicked out so why uh, whatever it's it's As you
0: Yeah, you absolutely have the sign no shirt no shoes no dice yeah. learn it yeah love it live
1: it <laughs> yeah um well that's you know high school movies Ah. Uh, high school movies this is actually apparently and i'd have to go back and do some research which uh, i'm not going to do but this apparently <laughs> was kind of the first one of this type of high school movie huh like this I'm launched not,
0: yeah i couldn't swear to that and I thought there were some in the 70s
1: i i'd have to look there's one of the trivia pieces i didn't put in but it, that's what it said it certainly launched this style of if i do anything in high school i have got to lose my virginity type of movie um, or even some that w- that didn't do that, like Ferris Bueller. There's like no sex in Ferris Bueller at all. Not um, really, no. And it's one of the the top of these teen films. It also has one of the better soundtracks. Um, that was John Hughes at his his height too. Mm. Uh, and there was lots of them. There was there was big Moneymaker, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, um, Ferris Bueller, and there were lesser films. And there's one that I remember seeing and I remember liking, though I'm willing to bet it does not hold up in any way, shape or form. It was this film, I'm sure you've heard of it, called Last American Virgin. Oh, yes. That was Tom Cruise, wasn't it? Oh, God, I hope not. Well, no. Actually, I hope he is in that. (laughs) If it is, it's right... It's got to be right before Risky Business. Because um, it was early, I think I was still in high school when it was when it came out. I remember seeing it at the Waltam Cinema, uh, <laughs>
0: the
1: the height of, of uh, theater viewing action. Uh, the Waltam. Yeah, no, I, I'm wrong. He's not in it. Oh, good. Um, I don't think anybody's in it. It was a terrible film. Um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, we talked about Judge Reinhold being 25 years old or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Vincent Chiavelli. So. Uh. Vin- John O'Connor. John, Vincent Ciavelli is, again, one of those character actors. You've seen him in something. uh, You've seen him in lots of things. And I just like Vincent Ciavelli. He can be in anything. I don't care. He was in Buckaroo Banzai, amongst other things. Um, I'm trying to think. He was, he he can be very creepy and he can also be just very goofy.
0: He was really good in Ghost, you know, with Patrick Swayze. He's the ghost who sort of teaches him to be a ghost. And he's actually very kind of unsettling in that movie, in that, uh, yeah, the way he plays the character.
1: I saw that movie only once, and it was when Ah. it came out. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the other things I thought was weird is uh, there's a, uh, the Vincent Chiavelli character is playing, I guess he's the biology teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, He's taking his kids on a field trip to a morgue. This is based on a real thing. I know. Apparently that the teacher in the book that was a real teacher in this high school would take these kids on these weird trips. And I don't know if they actually went to a morgue, but they did go to a hospital and stuff. And it's like. And watch uh, surgeries. And yeah. Uh, okay. Because I don't know about you, but did we ever go to a morgue? I didn't. I would remember. Yeah, no. Well, I do remember my biology lab. There was a closet in the back of the biology lab and it had all of the jars of, you know, the fetal pigs and whatever. And the best part was nobody knew why they were there because none of the biology teachers used them for anything. It was one of those things that probably in the 50s or something that somebody had ordered them through Fisher Scientific (laughs) and they're still there because it's formaldehyde and they last forever Mm -hmm. and just they're just going to stay there because nobody uses them. How do you get rid of them? You can't throw them out, right? You can't just nope. put them in the trash. Uh, but the
0: thing I like, the interesting thing to me in the movie uh, is the relationships. Uh, particularly the relationships between Mike Mike and Mark and Mike and Mike and Stacy.
1: Well, well, I guess you could call it a relationship between Mike well, and Stacy. Well, they're Stacey. trying when
0: they they go out on a date and I hate that sequence. Because it's so painfully on target. Oh, the one at back at her house? No, no. Even before that, when they just go out to the date at the knockforest house or oh, wherever they're going. And he lost his wallet. Yep. And uh it's the picture of an uncomfortable teen date. Yeah. And he oh God, and when he's taking advice from Damone. Ugh. Uh, when Making Out, always play, what is it, side two of Led Zeppelin four, Which he doesn't,
1: he actually plays. he played. doesn't, that's Kashmir. Yeah, but and it's not the same If album.
0: you list Led Zeppelin, I'm
1: Sorry is not make-out music. It's not romantic. Yeah, but it's probably that power ballad stuff that makes the guy feel in charge, or oh like Tarzan, goodness. I don't know. <laughs> and the whole thing, all of Damone's advice about women is
0: awful well the, the thing i the like worst. about it though is that
1: he sits there and he, you can see that mark's going uh yeah okay yeah got it and then he doesn't follow any of it nope which is cool he, i actually like that Well, part. he sort
0: of tries to he tries to do the thing he find you know find out what she wants to order and then order for both of you and what he does he, he does find out and he starts oh you know, uh, the lady will have the, the knock worst and what about you
1: and he's like, oh, I was supposed to think of something. From... I'll have the same. Yeah. Yes, Ah, uh, yes. Because <laughs> your first date, you want to take your high school sweetie out to the Verst house. Cause... For German food, yes. <laughs> mm. Nice, hearty, rich, thick, that, ju- juicy, that's meaty. That's the sort
0: of interesting thing, though. At first, it looks like you know Mike is, is Damone's stooge. He's yeah. like the sidekick. But Damone actually seems to genuinely like him. Yes, because there's he's an issue with him. He worries about it. And he actually, when he forgets his wallet, Damone drives over to his house, gets his wallet, and drives
1: all the way to the restaurant. And, and he was busy. He was watching the heck it to out of that Leave It to Beaver episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,. He does, he does. And the thing is is that Damone, who's a ticket scalper, he can call himself whatever he wants, but he's a ticket scalper. Although the prices he charges twenty bucks for front row seats, holy cow.
0: And this is for like Black Sabbath and A C (laughs) D
1: C. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, um, he's meant to be the cool guy, and the thing that's weird, though, is it's obvious he has no trouble selling tickets and making money left and right, and then later on, and we're going to get to this, I don't want to get it to right now, there's a scene where he needs money, and he's got like $7. Yeah, nobody, and like, apparently he lets people buy on credit a lot. I get, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, But I liked the part that that Mark, you're right, does seem like his stooge and is dumb enough to listen to him. And then he really basically, the the few things he does are things that are not really that bad. Like ordering for the woman, yeah. Guys, you don't need to order for women. They can order just fine. They don't need your help. But at the time, it was considered the custom. Um, And the the, uh, Led Zeppelin, yeah, okay. Yeah, but the
0: other stuff, which is don't talk to her, Right. You know, uh, let let her know you don't. Basically, act like you don't care. Right. Act mysterious. Act like you know you couldn't care less. Don't ask questions. It's basically, and it, and it is all geared at how to get her to have sex with you. And then,
1: <laughs> what happens? Yeah. But they. Yeah, get that's back- an
0: interesting. That oh god, that was so uncomfortable because again. Right there, Ratner was just the image of every absolutely clueless teenage guy because Stacy clearly, you know, invites him home, invites him into her bedroom where she is wearing a robe. Right. Clearly, is inviting him to have sex, and he panics
1: and leaves. Yep. And he actually reminds me of a character. I don't know if you saw this film, and I don't care about the sequels, but if you actually saw the, the a film called um, American Pie. And no, I never saw the. I ne- I've never seen all of the first one. I've like watched pieces of it on TV. It it's actually not for what it is. It's not bad. It's enjoyable. I've heard it's funny. And heck, you it gives you the phrase Stifler's mom, which is you know whatever. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, but there's one character in that that's like this, who basically it's like I, I I want it to be special. I want it to be. I want to be ready, and he basically doesn't. Through the whole film, even though all of his friends, or that's all they're talking about, and you know the main character who does it with a pie, <laughs> uh. he actually does. His dad catches him with a pie, uh, hence the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh. <laughs> See, in one of the, the most, that...
1: yeah, it is one of the most weird, embarrassing. I don't believe they actually just showed this scenes, uh. Uh, but anyway, he, he, I get the impression that that Mark also is kind of like I, I'm not ready. Besides yeah. being awkward and like oh, I don't have to ask my manager, I think he actually is just like I I can't do this, and I, the way he leaves poor Stacy is not kind. But I honestly think he just does know I have no idea else he how he's to... clueless. He just no. doesn't know
0: what to do. He doesn't know how to act, and I'm sorry as remembering my high school days that is very
1: relatable. Yeah, I, I mean I just... you know so I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Because I am but, pristine. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you believe oh, yeah. that, you can write us at us at maxmikemovies.com. You blend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, driven snow.
0: It's the funny thing is all these characters are talking about sex and you realize none of, not a lot of them are having it. The people you think are, like Brad, who
1: is Joe Cool. He's big man on
0: campus. Because he works at American Burger,
1: apparently. I guess that's the thing. Is he's like, "Oh, hey, Bradley, how's it going, Bradley?" It's like, "Why are any of you talking to Dad?" All I can,
0: yeah, all I can figure is he, they think he can buy them beer. Yeah, the <laughs> but thing that... he. The thing is, he talks about his girlfriend. He says, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, she's great in bed." And then it becomes very clear through a conversation they have they have never had sex, and right. she's not interested in having sex, or at least she not was... with him. Well, she gives that weird line. I don't want to. I don't want to use sex as a tool. And quite honestly, his response is quite reasonable. A tool for what?
1: And <laughs> I she don't doesn't. Know. She never explains. No, because he spends the whole beginning of the film trying to think, thinking of ways to break up with her. Yeah. And then when he loses his job at American Burger, he's like, "Oh, I really, I'm glad we're together. I really need you right now." Yeah. About that. Yeah. <laughs> and she dumps him. Going back to to Stacey and Mark, I have mm. to ask though. What does she see in him? I don't know.
0: He's, I, I, I don't guess either. The idea is he's supposed to be the classic nice guy, but he doesn't seem
1: particularly... Not, I mean, compared oh, he, to Damone, he seems very nice. But Oh, I think Mark is nice. He's just dull. theres mm. He's awkward, dull, and really doesn't have much to offer. Like, uh, he's nice, you know, if you like nice. And he might give her the romance, but quite honestly, she's going to have to tell him how to do it. Yeah, because he obviously doesn't know. So I don't. I had that was a, a problem I had. You can have a nice guy, and you can have an inexperienced nice guy, but we kind of need to see something about him that attracts her, and I just didn't see it.
0: He's not um, charming. Yeah, he's just not charming. You don't really. Uh, yeah, it, it's not entirely believable. Especially St- Jennifer Jason Leigh, who plays Stacy. I think is amazing. I think she's really good in this. She's very understated. She is very <laughs> believable.
1: I know why you think she's so good. I know why. Oh, she's
0: gorgeous, of course. But I also... She's been in a bunch of stuff I like. The last thing I saw her in was Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. And she knocks it out of the park. Didn't she end up marrying Kevin Kline? I think she did. No, you are entirely wrong, because I keep track of these things done by my arch-nemesis, Kevin (laughs) Kline. And he married, and it's worse. He married Phoebe Cates.
1: Kate. oh that's They're married... still
0: married, and they have it produced a, a, a family of super children. <laughs> Damn you, yeah, Klein, yeah. Kevin um, Klein as I think I don't remember if I've mentioned before. Is I don't like him. I have no real. Re- I have no reason to dislike him, except that he is proof that the universe is not fair, <laughs> because. He he is handsome, he can act, he is a superb actor, he can sing, he can dance, he can do acrobatics, he's funny, he married Phoebe Cates, and worse, I talked to someone who went to high school with him, he's apparently a very nice guy.
1: But can he do this? That's
0: not <laughs> fair! He shouldn't exist! Yeah, well. I saw him on an off-Broadway, col- uh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, the playwright always wore the velvet smoking jacket. The cigarette, no coward play, and he was still really good. Well, and that is just not fair. So <laughs> he is my arch nemesis. I bet he, even though he AD. has no idea who I am. <laughs> yeah, um, I I... Shook, I shook, I shook my fist at a building that I knew he was in once. So there you go. <laughs> there's I, I got that going. Hear for that? Me.
1: We took you down, <laughs> Kevin Klein. That's um, right, man. Yeah, that was last movie he was so, in. So um, uh, don't you don't want to ask that? I'm sure he was just in something. Yeah. He, he he's never stopped working. No. So Jennifer Jason Leigh. The thing mm. I liked about her character. Okay, here's there's t- two things I didn't need. One of them is that she has to be this 15 year old character who's in a creepy scene with the stereo salesman. That's nasty. Uh, yeah, I also just, don't need her to be one of the people that... It seems like whenever these these films, who's going to have to show their stuff? Oh, the women have to. So, you know... Well, they tried to do
0: it with the demonic They did, and apparently he was okay
1: with it. He apparently was okay with doing the scene, which most guys are like, uh, especially when they're that young, because I will say this about this film. Most of the actors actually feel like they're still in their teens. I'm not going to say that they necessarily feel like they're all in high school, but with the exception of uh judge reinhold specifically and quite honestly uh forrest whitaker is awfully big for his age i think he too was 19 but pretty much most of the times in these films all the actors are in their late 20s and they're they're not high school they're not awkward they're not you can tell it's like you haven't filled out yet like like damon in some of the pool scenes Mm -hmm. it's like wow okay you need a hamburger or two or three (laughs) uh i they actually felt like they were they were high school kids um but it's like, oh, but the women get to show stuff off. Okay, fine. The thing I did like about Stacy is that once we get past that, that disgusting, nasty, creepy scene, she basically decides what she wants.
0: Yeah, she's very, she has a lot of what they say call now agency. She makes the decisions. She wants to have sex with uh, Mike. He doesn't want to. And later she decides she wants to sleep with Damone. Right. For reasons passing understanding. That, she wants Except to have sex that, uh, with
1: Mark. But then goes. With yeah, the, you said Mike, but oh, I, I know. I keep getting. <laughs> it was so annoying having them have almost the same name and their best friends. I was like, eh. yeah, yeah,
0: a little, little awkward yeah. there. But uh, so that's why I use the last name. She wants to have sex with Ratner, and he doesn't, or he obviously does, but he's afraid. And then she obviously, you know, as Ratner says about damone when damone you know, he says, "I put out that energy," and chicks respond. He says, "Yeah, well, you put that energy out to thirty million women." One of them's going to respond. Well, apparently she does. She buys. She likes the confidence. Yeah, and the, and he does. He seems very confident. And then though, when they do strip down in the pool house and they have their very awkward and very believable teenage sex and scene, very quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's very clear. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing either. Right. The I I do I don't think the nudity was gratuitous with her. It gives it her a real sense of vulnerability, and yet. She's, there's no shame in her. No. She's not embarrassed about it. She doesn't feel, you know, oh, I did something wrong, whatever. She's just like, wow, that didn't work. Yeah. And, and that brings us to one of the most striking parts of this movie. Yeah. To me.
1: Yeah. You know where I'm going. Well, this is where the film suddenly goes, oh, by the way, serious.
0: Yeah, it actually shows consequences for sex, sort of. Most of these movies don't. Yeah, no, no. This is don't do not think for a second that isn't a consequence. Oh no, no, no. But the way it's portrayed
1: is like she walks in and walks out, and she's fine. In fact, let's go get a pizza is kind of what happens. But yeah, so so it turns out that uh, that little scene in the the pool house uh, was going to end up as a baby. Yeah, she
0: got she gets pregnant. And she decides to have an abortion. I think that was the first movie I ever
1: saw where a character had an abortion. Now, this is actually one of the only good parts about Last American Virgin. I'm sorry to come back to that because the same thing happens. Um, But she, very sensibly, not only comes to tell him and says, it's you, I know it's you because I haven't been with anybody else since the stereo salesman. Mm -hmm. And you're paying for half, right? And he's like... And, and, And she does not want to ride. Yeah, and... Uh, we get to see the true nature of of Mike's care. Um, yeah, Mike's character there, and he does try to get the money, sort of. But he's but he like, can't. and he can't, so he's like, well, then I just won't even show up. Yeah, he,
0: then he just hides from her, which is
1: cowardly. But for a teenage boy, you can kind of understand it. You can, but it's certainly not making us like his character any. No,
0: we are not supposed to like his character. But also this lighthearted
1: high school romp gets very dark very quickly because the scene... I wouldn't say dark.
0: I don't think it's dark. It gets serious. I think it gets dark dark. because
1: when she confronts him and then he's Mm -hmm. unable to do anything for her benefit, that's kind of dark especially when we're, and, we're like, dude, dude, it's, it's a real yeah, the sudden jumps from
0: Spicoli to that are kind of jarring. Yeah. It, I thought so. And, I,
1: I mean, I'm glad I that thought... I'm glad that her brother, cause parents, like we see the mom sort of in one scene and the parents are, yeah, she's in one brief oh, scene. I forgot. Yeah. She comes in and it's like, yeah. Oh, good night, honey. You know? And then yeah, nobody has
0: parents in this movie. <laughs> we never see anybody else's parents. What was that
1: show about the, the, the offspring of Disney villains? What the hell was that show?
0: Oh, Descendants. Yeah, it's like that, yeah. except we never...
1: <laughs> it's like all the children of, of childless Disney films. You know, that's what this is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but uh, but I mean, it is kind of nice to see Brad, like, come and protect... Not protect his sister, but, like, figure out that's what's going a, on.
0: It's a nice scene, if you yeah. haven't seen it. Basically, she goes to the abortion clinic alone. Bowling. And when she, Yeah, she's telling Brad to... Asking Brad to drop her off of the bowling alley. And uh, he sees her cross the street, and she comes out. And he's, you know, it, it's actually a very kind of sad moment when she leaves the clinic because they say, We can't let you go unless you have a ride. And he says, Oh, uh, my boyfriend is meeting me
1: outside. And you can tell the nurse has heard this one before.
0: Yeah. And she's got this look like, Oh, she, in that moment, you can see it is that part is very dark. She is, she knows what she, what's just happened. And, she's trying to deal with it and she has to do it alone and she comes out and there's her brother waiting for her and he he does he does exactly
1: the right thing yep he does not say he doesn't, wow you owe me for life or mom and dad are going to flip push her nope.
0: he doesn't demand he asks who the father he says are you going to tell me
1: who the fuck Actually, I think who the what he was. says is, you're not going to tell me, are oh, you? Giving, basically giving her that option to say no, yeah. as opposed to have to decide. If he had just asked her who was the father, then she, I think she would have much more of a struggle. And he basically mm-hmm. lets her off the hook by saying, you're not going to, are you? Meaning, I'm expecting you're not to, and you don't have to. And she doesn't. Yeah,
0: and then he just says, do you want to get something to eat?
1: And, and I, I think that is
0: one of the most touching scenes in the movie. It's just like, yes... I know I'm a pain in the ass and we fight because, you know, we're fairly, we're close in it. We're allegedly close in age. (laughs) Uh,
1: Thanks, Dad. I mean, brother. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) In that scene especially, he really does look like her dad come to pick her up. But it's a really nice moment in that movie. Yeah. And, you know, then you see uh, Mark confront Damone. Yep. And start, you know, yelling at him and they they, they get the closest thing to a fight they're
1: going to get. Yeah. And that was also a like, wow, we're actually in a high school boys locker room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I wondered if this was not the the director going, yeah, I'm tired of this women's walk locker room crap. We're going to the boys side and mm-hmm. it's a bunch of teenage guys wandering around in various straight states of dress. And it is awkward and weird and you can smell it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. And, yeah, and you can see them looking at each other and like trying not to look at each yeah. other, like, no, 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 I don't want anything. I'm gay. Or, yeah, it's at actually, and that's just a moment in there, and it's but it's really well done. And I even like the way they sort of make up at the at the uh, senior dance.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish so, they hadn't. I kind of wish Damone had basically been like, you know, you're ostracized because you're a jerk. Because he is. Yeah, he is. He is, but he does have some redeeming qualities, and
0: they're all in how he deals with Mark. Right. You know, he's still he. He really
1: does like him. He really cares about Mark. Also, he may be the cool ticket salesman's guy, but it doesn't seem like he has any friends. And no, that's the thing. We never see him hanging out with well,
0: with anybody except Mark. I mean, he lies about, like, he says Jefferson's his friend, and yeah. all Jefferson does is snarl at him. Yeah, he's
1: actually, yeah, yeah, the only friend that, well, actually, Jefferson doesn't have any friends, but his younger brother, unfortunately, is friends with Spickle.
0: <laughs> That's I'm sorry. That is a hilarious. You see, we we have all the dark stuff here with Stacy, yeah. and but the stuff with Spicoli is hilarious when they bought, they steal Jefferson's car. Yeah, Jefferson's little brother. And the they're both smoking and yeah, it's a great uh, again. Not something for role malls. They're smoking weed. They're drinking beer. Yeah, and again, Spicoli has one of the best lines. People on lewds should not drive. <laughs>
1: But also, it is the one smart moment Piccoli has, and I honestly did not that see it coming. They wrecked me. the car. That amazed me. They wrecked I, the I car, and he's like, you can't, my brother's gonna kill us. He's like, he looks up, he's like, I have a friend who's, what, a repairman of stuff. No, it's my
0: dad's a, ref- a refrigerator repairman. He has the ultimate set of tools. Like, I can fix it. I can fix And he's this. like, you
1: can't fix this, man. He sticks his head up through the tea roof, and he's looking at it, and it's like, there's no way. There's no fixing. And he says, I can fix it. And damned if he doesn't, it's just yeah. He does it's and it's genius. And it's horrible. There, there's
0: an intense rivalry between their high school and Lincoln and Lincoln High School, and they're about to have a big football game. So they trash the car even more, leave it on the front yard of the school with like lincoln rules, Ridgemont sucks painted on yeah. it, implying that guys from that high school did it. Which fills Jefferson with rage, and he wins the uh, football game single-handedly and never suspects his brother or Spicoli. I think they
1: were was like 42 to nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're like, <laughs> I love the look on the other team's face after the game has, got, has gone on for a little bit. They're terrified. Yeah. They think they're going to die. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was brilliant, but also like really horrible because he could have hurt somebody. Maybe he. Oh, did. He,
0: it's pretty clear he did hurt people. Yeah. He, he, like three or four of them are hauled off on stretchers.
1: Well, it's high school. They'll come back but yeah, it's like, I, I remember sitting there going, how did Spicoli come up with that? Except that it Although actually we, kind of, I, I didn't think it was past him. It's exactly the kind of, the only kind of smart thing he might do. Yeah,
0: he has a kind of cunning, except we also see that he's not entirely stupid. I, I like we his do? interactions with Mr. Hand. Yes, we do, because Mr. Hand, who is just, he has been like his, his nemesis the whole year. yeah. And, you know, Spicoli has that, you know, and orders pizza delivered to his class, and he's always late, which Mr. Hand cannot stand. And so the night of the senior dance, Mr. Hand shows up at Spicoli's house and begins and basically starts quizzing him. And Spicoli very clearly actually did get something. I mean, he translates it into Surfer Dude. You know, Jefferson's saying, you know, we just let, we had left England because they were being real bogus, and if we don't get some cool rules here right now, we're going to be bogus too. Yeah. So it, it's Mr. just... Mr. Hand he, is off...
1: He just needs special help, that's all.
0: Yeah, he needs, a, he needs a different kind of focus. Oh, sorry, back on the football game, the The, the rival school is called Lincoln, and one of the slogans yeah. they're painting around is really kind of tasteless. Assassinate Lincoln. Like, assassinate Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah, uh. it, was
1: just, it was, yeah but you know what i mean, <laughs> it, i could easily see a high school doing that i however, have could I, see also the teachers pulling those down going no
0: yeah I, I could like i say i could understand the kids putting them up i would think the teachers
1: would be ripping them off the wall yeah Ugh. so yeah <laughs> yeah um before we get to our our wrap-up to uh, see mm-hmm. how we felt about this one do you have any other points you wanted to bring up um there I do really like the dialogue.
0: I think a lot of it is both believable, but there's also just some really funny lines. Most of them is Spicoli's, and I the uh, the ending. I kind of like the way they do the credits, where you, you do a sort of American graffiti style. Here's what happened to each of these people, but they're kind of ridiculous. You know, yeah. my, Mark and Stacy are, are having a passionate affair, but they still haven't gone all the way. Yeah, no. Mr. Hand thinks everyone is on drugs. Spicoli saved Brooke Shields from drowning, blew his reward money on having, what was it? Van Halen or somebody, yeah. Van Halen, yeah. you're right, Van Halen played his birthday party. I like that they do that, and all of them are utterly meaningless. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. so I do yes, have a couple more points, but they're actually going to come in the roundup. So Okay, let's get to that. The roundup. So, Max, yeah. you said you think you saw this when it came out.
0: Oh, I did. I saw it a couple of times.
1: And have you seen it since, besides for uh, this? I think I saw it on cable a few once or twice. Okay. And what is your impression of the film? I like
0: it. I don't... It's very dated, even from little things like at the very beginning, Mark works in a movie theater and he's telling people where the smoking section is.
1: <laughs> I'm going, oh my God, that's right. Movie theaters used to have smoking sections. See, I don't remember that in theaters. I do in restaurants, but I don't remember it in theaters. I have vague
0: memories of some theater that had a smoking section, mm. which meant nothing because it meant the whole theater smelled of cigarettes. Right.
1: Do not miss smoking but sections of any kind. I not at all.
0: Uh, I like it. I, I think it's it's a lot of fun to look at these guys and goes, Wow, there's like three or four Oscar winners in this movie. Yeah. It,
1: Sadly one of uh, them is Nicolas Cage. Yeah, well <sighs>
0: uh, I, I think some of the stuff that's addressed is surprisingly serious and important. Uh, it's it is very disjointed, yeah. but it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. I think it, I think it's fun. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's a good movie. I think it's a solid movie. What about you?
1: So I had a plan, yeah. mm-hmm. and my plan, and I actually think I I, I got through this. I, I haven't usually been able to do this, but my plan was not to let out whether I liked the film or not until the end which is what the original format of this show is supposed to be and one which we basically have pummeled into submission many many episodes ago and i'm looking right at you black cauldron um (laughs) yeah uh not a fan no really so the disjointed part it's really disjointed we are constantly going back and forth between one set of characters and another some of whom never interact with each other Like you said, Spicoli probably doesn't know either Mark or Mike exist. You know, they're at the same school, I guess, but you don't know. It's like they're, it's just this random bunch of people that we're zooming the security cameras in on at any given point in time. Also, the sense of time is utterly absent. We're watching these kids and it's literally suddenly Christmas. And I th- yeah, well, we're seeing an entire school year. Yeah, recently. but it's like there's no lead up to it. It's just like no,
0: oh, there's no sense of that. I, no. I got. I agree with you there. There's really we're told or
1: like it. Uh, somebody says something that's been like three months, and we're going. It, it has. Yeah. Well, but there's just suddenly the kids are working on Christmas decorations at the mall. That's it. It's like mm-hmm.
0: uh, oh oh oh. Oh, okay. Now, to be fair, Christmas in Southern California is a very weird thing. <laughs> it is. Well, it's good. My... I've,
1: been, I've lived in Florida for a year, so it's like that too. Let me tell you about people spray painting snow on their lawns. <laughs> my
0: my parents lived in uh, Berkeley for like a year, and my mother was saying it was the weirdest thing. You're not supposed to see Santa Claus sweating. <laughs>
1: Well, and you know, here's the thing. Both of us are Northerners. We're both real Yankees, i.e. we're from New England. Being from the North uh, is yeah. not a Yankee. Being from New England is a Yankee. And so we have all these traditions about white Christmas and all that stuff. And so for us, Christmas can't be any other way. But quite honestly, oh, half the world sees yeah. it because they're in the, the Southern Hemisphere. They never have snow at Christmas. You know, Australia, mm-hmm. California, which is not, I know, in the Southern Hemisphere, but it's close enough. <laughs> all these places that don't ever get cold that would, would be like that, that their Santa's is like, I, I'll wear the coat, but I'm wearing shorts because no, I, you know, I get it. But it's still, it was just like, there was no lead up. It was just literally, we cut from one scene and the next scene's Christmas. And we've yeah. just been talking about the fact that um, Brad wants to break up so he can have his senior year a free man. And he hasn't done it yet. And it's Christmas. So you're like, wow well, okay, I guess the, the senior year's half over. Wow. where did the-, uh. the other problem I have with this film it's flat every scene is just ends flat i didn't laugh once there was some stuff that was kind of cute yeah and one of the biggest disappointments to me for me was the whole bit with mr hand and spicoli because it felt like every time there was about to be something really interesting or the pot was going to boil over we go away Mr. Hand never actually does anything. He threatens. He, like, oh, I'm going to make you... He takes his pizza. That's it. (laughs) And even that, all does... What does Spicoli do? His entire... Like, what he comes back with is his mouth hangs open. Like, that's it. We don't go anywhere. Like, that's that's as bad as Mr. Hand gets. And even when he shows up at Spicoli's house that scene in particular felt like okay this is when mr hand actually mistakenly inhales pot and becomes cool or this is when i don't know there's some lesson of life is learned or something but literally he's like oh you i figured it out you've wasted eight hours of my time and now i'm gonna call that in and i think he stays at spicoli's house for maybe an hour
0: yeah, no, that's true. He definitely isn't there for eight hours because Piccoli still makes it to the dance.
1: And it's just like, I kept waiting for the... I mean, the only time there's any kind of repercussions for anything, really, is when the abortion scene, and that one is so weirdly, suddenly there. Like, ha ha, ha ha, funny, ha ha, funny, wait, what, what, what? And it almost feels like that scene is about to be played for laughs. They don't do it, but it almost feels like even that... Oh, that never even occurred to me. It did for me. That was one of my cool. notes. Um, there's also a, a weirdly disjointed scene. And I honestly think it was shot out of sequence because we see Mike and Mark come to Stacy's house and they basically are like, Hey, can we swim? They swim. And this is where we get to see Phoebe Cates's, um, talents. And then later Mike comes to the house on his own with, with Stacy. They're walking, he's walking her home well, and she, she invites, well, him, yeah. she says, well, this is where I live as if he's never been there before. And it's this weird, uh, like, why? but you were... But, okay. I
0: thought it was just her being awkward, saying, well, this is me, you know. You, as it, it was obvious, but she didn't know what else to say. But he
1: acts like he's never been there. And it's just yeah. weird. So it, I, I was just surprised, because I thought this was one of those outrageous films. And the question I did have to ask, and it's, a, I think it's a very fair question to ask myself, is, is this one of those movies that, if you didn't see it back then doesn't work for you like for me and the Goonies mm. I didn't see the Goonies when it came out and I wasn't a kid the k- people I know have seen the Goonies and they saw it when they were a kid that was one of their formative films and I see the Goonies I've and it's like ever seen it eh, eh. and I wonder if it's because if you're not a kid you don't get it and I'm wondering if it eh, might maybe I, I,
0: I can't answer that because I did see it when I was uh, at least a late teenager yeah
1: and I just I just thought it was flat disjointed and flat not particularly funny and not i don't most of the characters i'm like eh you know certainly uh, mark and and stacy i don't care okay. and i hated that little thing at the end with all the this is what they do now and apparently oh. that was something the studio did force on on the director so she didn't ah. she, it wasn't her idea either and you okay. know they're cute we we see this a lot uh, american graffiti did it this did it animal house did it lots of films will from now on do it um and f- whatever okay I just... I, mm, I, Okay,
0: you didn't like it. We have to disagree on this one. And that's fine. That's okay. That's what happens.
1: But uh, what'll happen next week?
0: Well, next week, Mike will apologize for being wrong about this movie.
1: <laughs> I forgot <laughs> now, to. Now did I week, remember to apologize this time? I'm sorry if I didn't apologize.
0: <laughs> next, next week, we're going to try... I have only ever seen one James Dean movie, and that's Rebel Without a Clue. I mean, pause. <laughs> and,
1: yeah, same here. So
0: I want... We are going to try a a colossal film
1: he was in. He was in the Amazing Colossal Man. Yes, he was. <laughs> or was it World Colossal? the that
0: gets stepped on.
1: <laughs> uh, long we're going to see Giant. Ooh, Giant!
0: Where I think actually James Dean grows to fifty feet and uh, crushes uh, most of San Marino County.
1: Dude, does he meet the fifty foot woman? I think so, and uh, they, and they get together. Do, do, does he wear the shoe or the crown? What from Amazing Colossal Man? Come on, oh, you know oh, when you oh, watch Amazing Colossal Man and he's going by that giant, oh, put on the crown, and he never does. Oh, no, that's <laughs> It's <right>. very disappointing. <laughs> For those of you who yeah, haven't yeah. seen it, and that's all of you, but uh, yeah. yeah, so we're going to get big next week with Giant.
0: Yep, James Dean, Elizabeth Taylor, Rock Hudson, and a bunch of other people. Strap in, because this
1: one's a longie. Strat- Talk to you then. Did you say strap on? No, stra-
0: <laughs> no, I did not. Shut up. Get your mind out of the sewer.
1: Remember, don't say dildo. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: This has been a co production of The Voice of Max and The Movie
1: Wrench. Are you in voice, Winstead? I believe I am in voice. (laughs)